Hey there, cybersecurity gray bearders or gray beardians or just simply listeners. Thank you so much for coming back and listening to a new episode. Um, I wanted to comment that I, I'm not posting regularly and a lot of it is because I don't want to post to post. I don't want to talk just to hear my voice. Um, I want meaningful content. I would like relevant content and I really want to continue the path of assisting early professionals, students, and folks that are transferring into the cybersecurity field uh, and not just podcast to podcast. So that's the reason uh, in between. With that said, um, I want to mention a couple things. Number one, I just provided uh, data to uh, the InfoSec Institute. They have a cyber work podcast, and I was fortunate enough to have been interviewed by Chris Seiko over there, and that'll publish sometime in September or October, I believe. When I have that, I will put it up here on my page as well, assuming that they're okay with that and uh, you can listen to that 40-ish minute uh, discussion. Um, the reason that I'm coming back today is because I received a wonderful email from Anita A. in Canada, and I wanted to thank her. She provided me a list of about 10 or 12 topics, and the first of which is what I want to talk about today, and those are key cybersecurity trends uh, as of now, August uh, 25th, 2020. So I have a list of about five or six, and I'm sure that peers and colleagues would uh, agree with some of these, maybe disagree with others. I, I think it's fair to say, though, pretty much everybody in industry can agree that these are uh, components that we need to deal with in information security. Uh, and it's important to realize, and I'll give a couple examples later, I believe, but it's important to realize that just having one trend, it doesn't mean an attacker is going to use that trend only. They're doubling up, tripling up. Uh, as, as I will explain. So when I talk about IoT, IOMT, which is where I want to get started, uh, I do want to point out that this is uh, uh, one facet, one piece, but it could be tied to something else. So IoT is the Internet of Things, also known as there's an IOMT, which is the Internet of Medical Things, Medical Devices. So these are newer technologies. Um, cities are utilizing them uh, in street lights. Uh, cameras, other uh, civ civil uh, pieces, the, um, the sirens, uh, if you hear an air raid siren going off, those are connected to the network, connected to the internet, and therefore they are <clears throat> internet of thing devices. Pretty much anything with an IP address that is not necessarily accessible or consumable like a laptop or mobile device is going to fall under IoT. IOMT are going to be medical devices such as a blood pressure machine or surgical devices that are hooked up to the network and to a patient during a surgical uh, experience. Uh, also, in the ER, they have uh, devices there when they're triaging patients that are going to be connected to the network that will dump data into their, uh, into their medical uh, tools, into their EMT, their, or, or, um, e, uh, the EHT, the, the electronic health record, EHR, EMR. Um, so hospitals are using the devices, cities are using the devices, and so are we. So are consumers. Uh, I have to keep turning them off on my devices at home because I don't need them, I don't use them, and I don't need another vector coming in to attack me. Uh, a very good example of something that is completely unnecessary to have on the internet is my garage door opener. So when I purchased and moved into my new home, I made sure to deactivate that capability. I don't need to be on the internet to open my garage. Uh, likewise, my washing machine and my dryer, they chime loud enough, I know when they're done, I again don't need access to that. And if I put that up on the network, uh, then there is the potential for those devices to be penetrated, thus giving attackers access to my network. And there is a story out there, I haven't talked to the people that experienced this, but I have no reason to doubt that it happened, and it talks about a casino that was hacked because of a fish tank. Uh, you can Google it, uh, look it up. Basically what happened is there was a fish tank that the um, owner had connected to the same network as the corporate 
um, network for a casino and when the fish tank was penetrated it gave access to network devices I don't believe anything nefarious happened nothing was stolen this is more of just an example as to what can happen and so uh, IOT IOMT devices just bring more uh, more risks and I look at them as unnecessary but as security professionals we need to know they exist um, so definitely be aware that a trend today is how are attackers using these devices, how are defenders defending them, and one thing I did want to point out, defenders are not defending real heavily on IoT devices because there's no federal legislation that requires any minimum security requirements for any use of IoT devices by federal agencies. Uh, Bill Senate number 734, written by Mark Warner, was brought to the Senate committee uh, and presented, I believe, back in March of 2019 nearly a year and a half ago and nothing has come of this. So I'm gonna go ahead and read again just so you get the specifics of this. And that is that the bill codifies the ongoing work of the National Institute of Standards and Technology to develop standards and guidelines including minimum security requirements for the use of IoT devices by federal agencies. I'll put the link to this bill so you can see it for yourself. But we have no federal regulation on IoT security for federal agencies. That is a problem, and that is a trend that more cybersecurity professors are going to be dealing with. The next trend is AI and ML, artificial intelligence and machine learning. These are tools that the attackers are using, the red team, and therefore blue team also needs to utilize these. Uh, there is a big concern utilizing AI and ML will put people out of work. I don't agree with that. There has been advances and increases in productivity really since the dawn of man, and we always find a way to find a need for employees. The best historic example recently, all the blacksmiths and horse uh, raisers that were put out of business when the car came along, well, lo and behold, those people turned into mechanics and oil refinery manufacturers and workers. So artificial intelligence, need to understand it, understand how it's being used, what's going on with the algorithms, the decision trees, random forest, etc. how the defenders are utilizing this mathematical concept and these technologies to sift through massive amounts of data faster. So since the foes are using it, so too must the blue team. These tools for AI and ML are about automating, automating, automating. It's not about creating fewer jobs, it's about shifting jobs and allowing humans to focus on what humans need to do while technology handles the, the trudgery and the drudgery, if you will, of going through all the mass amounts of data that's out there. The next one is not too new, and I, some people probably will disagree with this being on there, but it is my podcast, so I can say what I'd like, and that is mobile. With COVID now and with the election in the United States coming up, uh, malware on the phones, the, the texts, the SMS spam, the vishing, the phishing, um, hacking it, the malware, I think we're going to start to see more malware coming out on mobile devices. I think that the attackers are realizing that that is really where the fruits are going to be. Uh, even before I started this podcast, I got another fake phone call um, you know, trying to trick me into doing something to get a car fixed. Um, so they're using my mobile device. Uh, they're just doing it audibly, but I do believe we're going to see some serious um, malware infections of mobile devices here in the, uh, in the near term, in the next 6 to 12 months. Um, COVID and the election, like I said, are just exacerbating this. Um, the, the nefarious folks are spoofing local numbers, so you pretty much pick up the phone all the time. Here, this is Brian from Vehicle Protection. Oh, this is Sally from Healthcare Associates. Open enrollment's coming up. Are you ready? These are all artificially... Um, AI uh, tools. They're synthesizing voice to uh, text-to-speech. There's all kind of companies that are out there. You can look at this, and it's, I mean, you can download a spoofing 
um, package for free on your phone, and then you can go get the, synthesize, the, the, the synthesizing AI text-to-speech and do it yourself and see how easy it is. And I think that we really need to educate our family and our friends that are not in cybersecurity the, the risks that come about having the mobile. So you know, the spoofing of the numbers, uh, the election, and another one that's happened and it will continue to happen, and that is SIM hijacking. If somebody can call and socially engineer their way into Verizon and, and get your SIM card transferred or they steal your SIM card when you're not looking and now your phone number is their phone number. If you use uh, text for SMS validation for multi-factor authentication, the attackers now have your SIM card basically. They have your phone and when, it, when you go log into your bank, um, assuming that they are credential stuffing and they have your password and username, now they have your phone for the MFA. So SIM hijacking is continually a threat that we all need to be aware of. Moving on, it's same as it's always been, and that's social engineering. Uh, the vishing, the voice phishing is a real problem. Um, I, I am at the point now where I have my phone on Do Not Disturb almost all the time. I will only answer the phone if it is a number that I know or a person that's in my contact list. Um, it is terrible. Even these vishing things leave voicemails now. So everybody needs to be aware of that, and we need to, to spread the word. Uh, another issue with social engineering is um, uh, impersonation. I watched a movie from, I think, 1988 or 1989. It was called Midnight Run. It's a great movie with Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin. And the whole movie is filled with social engineering, if you know what you're looking for. Uh, one of the actors calls and pretends to be a guy that just lost his credit card and didn't know where he used it last, so he's able to get the guy's location. And while he's on the phone with the credit card company, he said, oh, hey, by the way, why don't we go ahead and cancel that card? Uh, another time in the movie, they walk into a store and they pretend that they're with the FBI and they're tracking down counterfeit bills and they take all the 20s out and they perform this fake uh, trick on the bills and say, hey, these bills are good, but I'm sorry, these are counterfeit. We need to take them as evidence. Um, a lot of these criminals are going to use urgency and fear to lead people into bad decisions. I've done it. I've been a victim. Uh, I know how good these people are. They use psychology and it really is a threat. It is an ongoing threat, so how people could say to me, hey, Graybeard, how is this a trend? I'm gonna answer it and say, it will be a trend until it's not, and until we can fix social engineering, train people, educate people, have them understand it's okay to say no, it is okay to hang up on a stranger that is interrupting your dinner with a, with a call about fixing your car. Um, you know, so it is still a trend, and I think it will be for some time. Um, the next one that I'm going to talk about is uh, a little bit more uplifting, and that is threat hunting. This is actually a blue team uh, trend, I think. Uh, I'm hearing more from my customers that they want to understand what is threat hunting, how do they build a threat hunting team, what can threat hunting do for them. And so we educate that, that and let them know threat hunting is looking in your environment. It is not attack back. It is not hack back. It is not leaving your environment. It is simply using tier three and tier four engineers uh, and deep experts to go through an environment and understand anomalous behavior. So for those folks that are out there listening that have been in a SOC and you've done analysis and you've moved up to tier two, maybe you're thinking about where to go in your career, I definitely recommend that you start to look at threat hunting. It is a very important uh, tool and task. It's something the military has used for quite some time. Uh, there is a product out there you can look at. It's called i2 or Insights. Uh, I believe it's by IBM. And it is a product that they use to track, and the DOD uses it to track uh, terrorists, and police departments use it to track criminals as well, so they can uh, trace things, see how does this thing talk to that, a little bit like contract contact tracing that we are hearing about. 
with COVID. Uh, and this is a, a tool that shows you visually where things all connect and come together. And threat hunters utilize this so they can go ahead and find out where something's coming from, how it's coming in, what they need to do to stop it, and what other technologies they could look for. So I like to keep these between 10 and 15 minutes. Uh, I'm pretty much there now. I talked very fast this time. I apologize for that. Um, fortunately, on the podcast tools, you can actually slow down or you can even speed up the uh, the podcaster. So if that's something that you want to do, feel free. Honestly, when I'm listening to podcasts, I usually put them up to 1.4, 1.5 so I can get through them a little bit faster. And then when I get somebody rambling, talking really quick like I am, then I may slow it down. Um, anyway, to be respectful of your time and to, uh, to stick with my rule, I just want to conclude on this. I had a couple other things I wanted to talk about. Uh, one was leading into privacy. So I think I'm going to probably do a podcast here in the coming weeks specifically about privacy. Uh, I wanted to talk about one of the great problems with the Ring doorbell and uh, how it's warrantless, but I'm going to save that for another podcast. So with that said, Keep listening, uh, keep writing. Thank you again to Anita in Canada for this list. And I will be putting out podcasts a bit more frequently than I have. Have a wonderful day and enjoy the last couple weeks of summer.